Welcome back, episode number 75 of the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and as per Rangers tradition, we are going to seven. They come back alive in game six. We're going to break it all down. Just want to let everyone know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we're back. Uh, we're going to game seven, Brett. How's it going? So good. I mean, but tonight is really all about the Maple Leafs. So I don't even want to talk about the Rangers. I just want to talk about the Maple Leafs. I mean, let's just be honest here. The Leafs, you know, it's been 19 years since they made it past this first round here. Uh, they've had some teams that were good, not great. I think they really deserve it this year, and that's why I, I, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm the, the jokes are tired and played out for me anyway. Uh, but they truly have a team that deserves to go to the second round. So I'm just very happy, and this night is all about them, and I don't want to hear anything else about it. Yeah, it, it, at, a, it at a certain extent felt like beating up something that's dead, but it was also at the same time, you know, it's the longest-running joke in hockey, right? The Leafs can never make it past the first round. And Yeah, but anyway, this is a Rangers podcast, not a Maple Leafs podcast, and but I don't know. What do you think about bunting? You know, was that I mean, that that ended up not being the deciding factor in oh, the series, gosh. obviously, but still it's kind of a cloud that hung over it a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you got guys like. like yeah, no, like no. You know what? You know what? Honor, no, they really need to dig their grave. They the dug credit. their grave and they said, you know what? You know what? We're not jumping in this. We're actually going to start playing some hockey. And yeah. that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it started off with a with kind of a lucky bounce, but you know, like that, that's what happens when you throw everything at the net, right? Like the whole thing is like, okay, great. You're not always going to get the perfect shot, but throw stuff at the net. Good things are going to happen. So, um, yeah, they came out to play tonight and um, I don't know. Wh what are your thoughts now? Now? Cause obviously as per Rangers tradition, we're going to seven. I mean, can't happen any other way. Yeah, we have to. That's just how it works. It, it has to. Um, right. I mean, I texted yeah. it multiple times to you and Luca throughout the oh, series. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. This is going to seven. It it has to. There's no other he had way. a lot on Twitter, too. He had some posts yeah. on Twitter, too, which were very on point. And, I mean, I wanted I, – I don't even think I liked them just because I was like, man, shut up. No, I don't want to hear this nonsense. Um, but then, obviously, once they went up three, I was like, all right, game seven. Let's do it. Ranger style. <laughs> After, like, game three, though, I was like, shut up with the game seven nonsense. We're going to win in five. Get out of here. Um, yeah, uh, you know, honestly, I thought this was going to be a very different podcast to be recording tonight. Um, I thought, I mean, I was planning to just have uh, a Dickensian drag through the streets and guillotining of Gerard Gallant. Um, that's what I was planning. I had a whole thing worked up. Um, but I have to say credit where it's due. And I've been on Gallant's ass the whole, the whole entire year. Credit where it's due, though, he made a change. And not only he didn't just make a change, he made the right change. Now, this should have happened the game earlier. So he doesn't get an A+, plus, but I'll give him an A still. Uh, but moving Kane out of the Coming from you, that's basically an A+. Plus. Sure, on a sliding scale, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, moving Kane out of the top six. And, and tonight was just an, a, a perfect example of why I, I'm not sure where he belongs in this lineup right now because, frankly, he looks disinterested in playing. The only time I see him get a jump is, like, when he has a clear scoring chance and then he gets all excited and then you see him actually move his little broken hips. Um, but 
so many bad plays tonight. I mean, the, literally the best play he made tonight was leaving the ice. That was the best play. Where Some Tarasenko be- came in and scored. Where Tarasenko came in and scored. So he was saying like, oh, well, he, he, he intercepted the pass, made a nice play. I was like, well, he blocked a very lazy pass. It was a bad pass and he knocked it down and kept it in the zone. Good for him. Yeah, that was good. But then him immediately getting off the ice to get Tarasenko on was the best thing he did the whole night. Uh, so they got to figure out something out with him because, man, he's just – it's not just that he's not producing like you would want somebody like Patty Kane to produce. That's not my real issue. My real issue is that he is the laziest person in the defensive zone I think I maybe I've ever seen. I'm not sure. Do you know uh, another player that was more disinterested in playing defense? Can you think of one? No, but at the certain at, at the same time, how much is it the hip injury? Because the, the hip injury, look, I, I get it. He's, he's always old. been this way. He's always been this way. Yeah, but I mean, maybe you do worse. have to. I don't know. I know. I don't know about this much. I mean, even in the regular season, he had a bit of a step. I, I, with also the playoffs, with the physicality, how much is it with the hip? Because that, that's one of the worst injuries you could have as a hockey player regarding mobility. I mean, you know, no, I, I get it. He looked disinterested in times like. If you were to tell me here that okay he wasn't fast, well yeah he's not going to be fast because he's old yeah. as hell. he's old as hell and no nah, I mean really he's thirty two but he also has the oh. hip injury yeah but although it was the turnovers it was the passes though that that shocked me but you have know. you noticed though that when he gets sprung and actually has a breakaway people don't catch him he still yeah, has- no, 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 that, that's. He, he still he has turns enough speed because every time he like gets a like because this happened a couple times where he gets a breakaway. And I'm like, oh, is his hip going to fall apart and not be able to clear these guys? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to get three strides ahead of these guys. Don't worry about it. I'm like, well, where was that speed when you're back checking or literally doing anything else? I I get it. He's got a hip injury. And yeah, that's that's one of the worst. I think personally, from my own experience, I think groin injury is actually worse. Um, At least it's more nagging, I think. But yeah, hip injury is bad. We don't know. I mean, we know we know it needs surgery. Like. Not it wasn't official like this, but from what everyone's heard, it, it needs surgery in the off season. It's right. just it's yeah, more no, though that he's probably conserving, uh, like conserving his energy or like when he could push, not energy wise, but like to durability wise. I, I I don't know. I I don't know because yeah, I, I we don't know the extent of the injury. But I get I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and and I get that too. But honestly, I, I it's not just for me. It's not just a mobility thing. It's it's. It's effort, it's determination, it's interest in a play. Because you can see at the moment, like he sees something, it's like he comes to life. It's like he just pulled out a ball in front of a dog, and he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" You know, he's he he, he floats around, and he and he's been making very lazy plays, very poor plays. Where I'm just like, you don't even have to have mobility and speed to not cough up the puck like he's been. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know why his hip would be worse now than it's been. He hasn't taken any big shots. Um, he's not really all that physically involved in the game either. So he was big... though, he was though under maintenance right before the playoffs though, if you remember that. Right. But I figured that was just safekeeping sort of thing. Like, Hey, no need to. It could be, it could be. It just, yeah, no, yeah. That, that's we like one of the, we don't know for sure. No. Yeah. It's and also though that. Like, it's sorry, no, I sorry, I keep on interrupting you. It, it is That's also right. that, like, obviously, see on Twitter, like, people like going at him b- before this game. Th- to an extent, I understand their frustration. He's not playing the best, but at the same time, he is has the most points. And obviously, it's not only about the points, but it, it's also they're expecting someone that's just not there anymore. He's a compl- yeah. complimentary player that, and that's it. He's not the cane of old, and, and that's okay. 
right? Because you got Tarasenko, you have the other players, you have well, Adam Fox and Igor Shosturkin, right? But it's, it's more of managing his ice time, like put him on the third line to shelter him there and then allow him on the power play to be, you know, the power play merchant. Yeah, it's it's okay that he can't do that as long as he's not making boneheaded plays and coughing up the puck to the devils to get odd man rushes the other way or being disinterested in playing in the defensive zone. That's what, you know, that's, what's not okay. It's fine that he's not, you know, uh, a superstar anymore. Obviously he still has great hands. He still has a great shot. You know, they need to figure out that's Gallant's next project, you know, for the next game and also next series, if we manage to, to beat the devils, um, is figuring out how bet how they how to wring the most out of Kane that he possibly can. Like there's that scene in there's that scene in Moneyball. Have you ever seen Moneyball? Yeah. Okay. There's a scene in Moneyball where Billy Bean is talking to David Justice and David Justice is like, you know, he's old man justice at this point. And he still thinks he's kind of a big deal. And Billy Bean's like, look, the Yankees are paying you to play against them. So don't tell me how big of a star you are. He's like, let's be honest about what we both want out of this relationship. You still want to be in the show, and I want to wring every last bit of baseball that I can out of you. That's what Gallant needs to do with Patty Kane. It's like, look, you obviously can't do this. You can't do that. What can you do, and how can we put you in the position to succeed? If that means playing third-line minutes, and even does he even deserve third-line minutes? But obviously he's not going to go to the fourth line, so where else does he go? But, I mean, he's basically just a power play specialist at this point, right? I mean, that's that's... But no, I, I I don't think we could have him on the top line anymore. And, and like, I'm not bashing the guy, right? Like, he's not like he's not the worst player in this series, right? He's not he's not the worst player in this series. Like the past three games, I don't know. Have, you take out you take out game two, and I think you have a case for it, though. But but sure, no. But it's but it's also though like if he was the one player that wasn't playing well and everyone else was playing amazing the past couple of games, right? I mean, no one was playing amazing before this. The only player oh. which I mentioned that at least had, you know, you saw stuff out of them was Capocaco. Like, underratedly, like, I know he doesn't have the points, but that's the one guy you recognized every single game. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I don't I don't know that I necessarily follow you on that one. Like, I don't think Kaka's been bad, but, like, he hasn't, he hasn't necessarily wowed me either. And not just because he's not scoring. Like, They've been okay. Like, I don't know. The, the kid line's been a little underwhelming for me. Um, I know that they've been one of the more consistent lines, but honestly, for the series, it's not saying a whole lot. Um, but I, I don't know. They don't have quite the same spark that they did last year in the playoffs, um, which is why I was, like, fine with them, with Galant breaking up the lines, getting Kane uh, out of the top six. I mean, I think that's that's got to be the way forward. I really hope – Glant doesn't put him back in the top six because I think he was a really big drag in a lot of ways. So yeah, is he the worst player in the series? No, no, because he had an excellent game too. But outside of that, God, man, I think he might have might might he is a damn good case to be. Um, one, one person tonight that I thought was noticeable, even though he didn't score, but was noticeably better was Panarin. Yeah, um, he was making a lot better plays. He was he was he had a little bit more jump. He got by a few more guys. He bought more space. He didn't have a bunch of stupid passes that weren't going to ever get anywhere and, and big turnovers. Um, so I really like seeing him play a lot better. I think even though, you know, he didn't, like I said, you know, he didn't score, uh, you know, he was noticeable and impactful tonight. And I hope that keeps going. 
you know, the one thing that I didn't like in the first and after the second period, even though the Rangers were up, is that they were basically laying out a red carpet for the Devils to come into the zone. And I don't mean through the sides. I, I meant straight through the middle. They backed up and allowed one of the Devils just take a prime scoring chance in the middle. Like, you, you yep. can't do that. You got to face them head on physically right when they enter the zone. And that that was a concern. And all of a sudden, once they got that confidence in the third period, every you, you saw Jack Hughes like slam um, the door by the bench. Like he, they yeah. were frustrated because they didn't know what to do. They were playing more like, I, I'm not going to say this game, oh, they played like game one and two because they, they really did. There were still those holes. But again, I'm not going to complain. They, they won five to two, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, and you're right, and I agree completely that uh, it's one of my least favorite things. It's one of the things that I don't understand why any team ever does it, but just giving up the blue line. I don't understand why a team does that by default, and clearly that's been the Rangers' main thing the whole year is like, uh, just give them the blue line collapse in, try and get a turnover after they come into the zone. And I'm like, no, don't even let them in. Force them to dump it in and go chase it. That's the way. That's the way to do it. Like I, when I see a team that is really excellent at stopping, you know, uh, uh, especially a fast team like this, like you cannot give up the blue line like that. No. no. But, and oh uh, yeah, all of a sudden once they got their confidence, they started playing like that team in game one, in game two, and yep. as you mentioned with Panarin and others, also like they got more physical. And I'm not talking about oh, it's all about grit, 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 but they had that sandpaper to them, right? And all of a sudden, look at that. You finally had more scoring chances against Schmidt and rebound chances. And he's not exactly this invincible goalie everyone thought he was because besides game three, he didn't really play well. It was just a matter of Rangers just didn't generate any quality chances at all. Yeah, he played well that first game he was in. And then after that, he's just been like, okay, they just didn't get any good chances on him. Yeah, I mean, like I tweeted him, like, man, he turned into a pumpkin. Like his carriage turned into a pumpkin tonight. Like it midnight hit. And his little Cinderella story is over. And I think, you know, Ray Ferraro, well, Ray Ferraro, you know, he's, uh, he, he hates the Rangers. He tries not to, he tries to hide it, but oh, Ray Ferraro, he, you know, he does not like the Rangers. And he's like, oh, Schmidt will be back next game. And he'll oh, be good. We had, on, we had on the GM that traded him in 1994. I wait, not 1994. Who, when did he get traded? Yeah, it wasn't 94. I think, no, it was Neil Smith, though. It was Smith, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Smith, yeah, yeah. You know, it really is a shame. Could we have him back just so I can ask him, like, so, because apparently, like, that's why he doesn't like him, because they told him, like, no, no, you're not going anywhere, and then they traded him. I'm like, was that a purposeful, like, did you fucking hate him even then? Because I, I, I would understand it, because I, I do not like Ray Ferraro. He's an idiot, offers no insight. He's one of those guys, when I listen to him, I'm like, I've never learned a single thing about the game listening to him talk. It's, he's like the anti-Valley, where Valley, every every single time Valley breaks down something, I learn a new little wrinkle uh, or understand the game a little bit better, a little bit differently. And Ray is like the exact opposite of that. Um, God, that wasn't even the main point. What were we talking about? Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. Yeah. That, I'm very happy because I do believe his confidence is going to be shaken after giving up five and getting pulled that as a goalie, especially your first time in and in the playoff situation, you come out in an elimination game, you drop an egg like that, like, man, uh, that's, that's rough to come back from. And that's a great place for us to be. Um, honestly, I, I did not think I was going to be saying these things tonight. I, I was, I was so ready for the full on depression 
and rant and raving it's like and it's weird because obviously i want this to happen there's like a part of me that's like a little disappointed like i was so keyed up for it like ready to complain or rant just scream at go on scream at everyone just like let it all out well shoot now i can't do that and not only i can't do that i have to actually give them credit now i know yeah (laughs) it's terrible it's terrible it's terrible honest it's awful um but, you know, I, I I will say, too, when you said no one played well uh, earlier, I was like, yeah, in the last couple of games, I was like, well, one guy has. And he's the only reason this series is still a series at all. And that's Igor. I mean, oh, I was talking about, yeah, I was talking about. I know, I know, I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. But, but I mean, anyone, like, oh. by the way, people have done this on Twitter. It is mind blowing. Like, people have stupid opinions about this. But if anyone is blaming Shesterkin, it's just like, you know, just. Has he given up one goal this series that he should have had? I can't think of one. The only one where I thought it wasn't his fault, but it was just more of like the first goal in game five. Maybe he should have been more prepared for regarding, because uh, Valak had mentioned in an intervention, right? The, as your goal, as the goalie in the defensive zone, right? If, uh, your sentiment uh, cleanly wins the faceoff, it's coming to you, right? But it never cleanly happens, right? So you always got to be prepared. I don't know if... See, oh, I, I got to look such at... A th- but, it, but it hits off a of Fox's stick. Right, and I don't know. So that, that's that was... the thing. Like I was about to say, I don't know how much of that's on Fox for not understanding that Shesterkin's giving it to him. I don't know how much of it... It, it, it was probably not Shesterkin at all, but I'm just, you know, spitballing here. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's... He is actually God out there. I mean, that's that. And it's funny that I didn't know that stat. So since I'm handing out credit to people I normally don't, credit to ESPN and Sean fucking McDonough, who I also am not a huge fan of. I don't hate him like I hate Ray Farrell. Sean McDonough is just like milk toast, but Ray Farrell is just a piece of shit. But, but I couldn't believe that ESPN was the one that informed me that we have 42 straight wins if when we score four more goals. Oh, well, yeah. Hockey Stat Minor has been spamming that every single game they win. Really? I, how about not see? I follow him, too. I'm shocked that, you, I'm shocked that you're saying this. This is like... Oh, really? This is yeah. like the running thing now. Oh, my God. How about not see? You Come know on, what? Brett. This is, this is me, because I follow Hockey Stat Minor, and I like that guy. I like his stuff, too. So I'm going to loop back around and blame Elon Musk and Twitter's algorithm, because clearly that should have been shown to me. It's not getting served up to me. In fact, now that I say that, I haven't seen his shit in a while. So unless he blocked me, which would be stupid, but um, I don't know if he's capable of blocking anyone. No, he's too nice. He's great. I don't, I don't think he's capable of that. But now that you say that, like, I'm like, I haven't seen his stuff for a while. So, so the, it's the algorithm. I'm going to blame the algorithm. They're not been showing me that, but still all the same back to the point. It's unbelievable. That is, uh, that is an unreal statistic to have that many games and that many games played and wins in a row scoring four or more goals. That's insanity. That basically just says Igor is just like, yeah, if you if you give me four goals, you're never, ever going to lose a game because I'm never going to let in more than that, especially in a close game. And hell, even even last game, when it was uh, when they were down two and down three, he made saves that were like, if you guys want to come back in this game, I'm going to let you come back in this game because that any other goal in the league last game, and I mean any other goal, even a top-flight goalie, like that scores five nothing, six nothing. He made a ton of clutch saves that didn't end up being clutch because it didn't matter we lost, but 
that just shows where his level of compete is. And that's why when people were talking smack about him, and I wrote an article several months ago, I think in January, when people, when he was playing, yeah, a little so-so, people were worried about it. I was like, do not worry about him. He's still the best goalie in the league right now. He may not be playing like the best goalie in the league, but he's still the best goalie in the league. And I know when it comes to playoff time, there is no one in the league I would rather have between the pipes. And I think if every GM in the league was honest with themselves, they said, if you could pick one goalie to take into the playoffs, it has to be your Shesterkin. I mean, who else would you want? Honestly. You're talking about now. You're not talking about past goalies of not all time. No, I'm just yeah, no, no. Right oh, okay, okay. No, no, there's no, there's no one. You got your, tro- you got your, tro- I mean, there's good goalies out there. Great goalies out there, but it's like Bassey. No, no, Elba, he's, no, I think that's done. I think it's over. Olmark, Olmark, you know, he's Boston's I, I, going at seven. Holy cow. Yeah, if the Panthers that. can pull that off. Oh my God. I'll buy a fucking Panthers jersey. I'll tell you that. I'll buy Matthew Kachuk, you know, and that's the other thing too. I when they when, when he went there, I've never he, seen such a pest of a player that's not on my team, and I still don't hate them. I don't think I've ever had that in my life because usually those type of players that are pests, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You you hate them with a passion, and just for oh, yeah. some reason with him. Now I'm not going to root for the guy when it comes to the uh, if it comes to Florida, or it's just not going to happen. Oh. But you know you, you don't hate the guy, which is a very weird thing. It is weird. Uh, I remember when 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 they had the uh, when when he left Calgary and came down and and they picked up uh, uh, Huberdo and everyone thought that uh, that Calgary made out well on that. I was like, no, I don't think so. They did the best that they possibly could have in that situation, having their stars leave and whatnot. But I'm like, Huberdo had a career year, and I don't think he's going to repeat it. And what do you know? He didn't. Uh, but I was like, Matthew Kachuk is might be the best overall forward in hockey overall. Uh, I'm going to say overall three more times. Um, and I really believe that. And I I hated both Matthew and Brady to begin with. They both have faces that make you want to punch them. They they both play such an antagonistic game. They're always, they're always yapping. They're always scrapping. They're always go, getting in the dirty areas. And I hated them to begin with and they were like some of my most hated players and then through just sheer talent grit and determination they have both won me over and now i'm such a fan of both of them just because they're so damn impressive and they have one of the hardest working ethics in hockey that i've ever seen like i don't know if anyone else works harder like they're both elite top line superstar level players that play with the energy and grit of fourth line grinders trying to stay in the NHL. You don't see that very often. Like Connor McDavid doesn't play like that. Matthews doesn't play like that. McKinnon kind of plays like that. He has a little but, bit. But he's not as good defensively. He's not as much of a, as much of a pest. No, but if it comes to where you got to get more physical, again, McDavid is on a whole nother level. So it's just like at a certain point, it doesn't matter about style or anything. He it yeah. works anyway. But if you were to tell me, okay, this is the scenario, it requires sandpaper, toughness, and that's kind of McKinnon would be that type of guy out of yeah, he, any of them. Same of sort of realm. Yeah. I mean, somebody, I forget who it is. So I apologize. But somebody said, if I was building a team right now, the first player I pick wouldn't be wouldn't be McDavid, wouldn't be Matthews, wouldn't be McKinnon, he would be Matthew Kachuk. 
And some people were like, no, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I was like, no, no, I think that's actually right. Honestly, if I was drafting a team right now with his I mean, I get it. I get it because it's not the it's not only skill, it's everything else. Like if you were to tell me like a top 10 center or a Kachuk, then I get then I 100 percent get it. But if it's McDavid, it's like, you know how everyone says, oh, if you trade for McDavid, then you have cap problems. Yeah. Every other player you could say, oh, that's going to be a problem. Maybe you don't get him. But that'd be the one exception. You get him and you just worry about that later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's freaking McDavid. I, I love how, though, the Rangers won game six and we talked more about the Leafs could shock McDavid. <laughs> No, we haven't. We talked. I mean, I I was I have a time. And and Kane and Kane, which is but but uh, because honestly, in this game, like it wasn't game one or game two. The first period until like the last minute, it it was you know things were like okay, is this are they gonna you know come out sad? They get that bounce. They'll Kreider being Kreider being clutch, and then after those two power plays where they didn't score well that that first power play they did great it was just okay n- not everything goes your way but keep on pushing that second power play looks so lifeless and i'm like oh no we're here it comes again they're gonna start coming down to earth like it, it's either all or nothing right that's how it seems to be do they give up a give a hundred percent or zero percent there's no middle ground that's like the whole joke now after this game is like oh so the rangers only score five or you know don't score anything is that is that how it's gonna work here but um I liked in that third though that they weren't a hundred percent, but they just they kept going. They stuck to the game and they kept playing hard. I mean, and you're and you're right. There is a, there's a huge difference in in the game. And I was explaining this to a coworker when he uh, he was asked because he he's like, you know, I, I like hockey, but I never had a team. But now that you care so much about the Rangers, I find myself rooting for them. I was like, yes, that's right, very good. He's like, what happened last game? I was like, dude, here's the thing in hockey, like talent is great. Sometimes you can have too much talent because in hockey, especially at that level, the difference between goal for a goal against sometimes is that extra half step. It's that extra lurch flailing at a puck to knock it another foot away, which lets another guy get it. It's that extra little bit that, that literally sometimes isn't even noticeable, uh, you know, on every single play, but overall you start to get the picture and if you're not amped up and if you're not giving 100% and another team is, you're going to get walked even if you have an all-star team. That's just – there's too much parity in this league. Every team, especially every playoff team, is good enough to beat any other playoff team if the other team isn't playing 100%. And we just – the last two games I'll, – I'll, the third game I'll give them a pass on. But the, those those last two losses were just – it was no effort. There wasn't mm-hmm. – not no effort. There was not enough effort. They didn't have that extra jump, that extra step. They were defeated. They didn't feel themselves. And when you play like that, you're going to lose. It, it's just you you can't – there's if not enough – you can't take a hit in the playoffs to get back up, you're not making a run. Even if you did um, win an overtime game three, you're just eventually later on just going to get destroyed anyway, right? Because that's the, the – you know, the whole no quit in New York. It's that it, it didn't – like it wasn't the skill. It, it wasn't – any of that lacking it was the lack of heart which was so concerning because like as long as they have that heart they're never out of this and going into game six since it was so heartless that's why it's like is this team going to be able to turn it around yeah and you know after that bounce and once the banish had scored and that's like one of those moments where you're like in a movie like hey i've seen this before 
Mm-hmm. You're like, his advantage had broke it, um, uh, scoreless drought last year in game six and then yeah. broke it again. And after that, it just seemed that even though there were some points where like, oh, you think the Rangers are just going to dominate now? And, and, and like the score was five two, but like the Devils still kept on coming. And then see that that's the thing. Like even the Rangers weren't 100% some of the times after that, they still kept on battling, which was more impressive. Right. And, and I, mean, I mean, look at the look at the playoffs this year all around. There hasn't been one team that has just boat raced anybody and dominated completely and just run a team out of. A... You have a historical presidential team going to game seven. So like it's not. Yeah, exactly. And, and the exactly. league's won. So like all bets are off regarding logic or reasoning here in this. Yeah. Honestly, the team that was most dominated was uh, was was Winnipeg um, against Vegas. And and as our own coach said, he was like, it was effort. We had we had no we had no pushback. We just let it happen, um, which is exactly what the Rangers were doing too. There was no pushback. Uh, so now it's a question of like, are they going to do that again? You know, um, I I think Rangers fans in general probably right now are feeling like, yeah, we can do it because we've seen it and we've hit the adversity. We did this last year. Let's go. Um, I honestly feel, especially after watching the Canes play uh, play the Isle, I actually feel way better about playing the Canes this year than I did last year. Well, yeah, they don't have Shrestikov and Pacioretty is injured. Well, not even just because of that, but just overall, the whole year, how they've been playing just is not quite as sharp as it was last year. That style of hockey, just throw everything on net and just know. Yeah. And, and besides that, they don't – I know – when I don't say they don't have game breakers, they're like, what are you talking about? They have, well, Stratch Count's not here, and they have him and Aho. I, I, it just, in that series last year, it wasn't them themselves that were the threat. It was always just the team itself with their speed, right? It was never one or two particular players. Yeah. But they don't, they don't have that top notch skill that would come up clutch. And now without Stratchkov and Pacioretty, and again, going back to it, I never believed in that style of hockey going into the playoffs because, like, what the team, what the Rangers did last year is like, okay, you could throw 40 shots on net from the outside. Great. Shesterkin's probably stopping all of them. One, you might get by, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So we get, we get through them, boy. Could you imagine Panthers win? Or even Boston wins, but then they have to play the least. Boy, I actually, I mean, obviously I want Boston to lose because, you know, fuck Boston sports oh, yeah, for, Boston. The rest, for the rest of my life. Um, but can't lie that I kind of love uh, a Bruins-Leafs matchup. That just sounds, I'm just like, ooh, I like that. Leafs It'd be really to the second round only to just get knocked off by the Bruins again. No, no, I'm thinking the Leafs. I think the Leafs would uh, have a really good chance actually against the Bruins. I think they match up pretty well actually. I mean, also like with Florida, Bergeron wasn't there. A couple of the games, Krejci. It's I, I don't know. Hey, in Game Seven, anything could happen, and if the Bruins somehow get knocked off, and and it would go with the whole historical team curse now, not only presidential team because like with Tampa's mm-hmm. whole thing a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, like I, I know we keep on like start talking about other teams and other players because it, it's just like with this 
game, there's only so much to take out of because everyone's just ready for game seven now, right? Well, yeah. And, and we, I mean, also, we have to talk about the situation that's going around the league as well. You know, other things are happening. Oh, no, no, of course. It, it, it's like this, not your usual, we won this game, we're ecstatic, we're excited. Like everyone is, but they also. There's still work left to do. Yeah. yeah. There's still work left to do. We're yeah, waiting we're not, for we're Monday not, night. We're not there yet. No, no. Like it's but not I mean, like yeah. when we're up two nothing and we had Josh on, we were all ecstatic. It was incredible. Like we are happy because, you know, they're not eliminated, but it's just there's still more work to do. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's good that people got the monkeys off the back. Zibby, especially, he gets activated. Boy, if Zibby is actually going to become a factor in these games again, look out. That is like he is. He is everything to this team. This team goes the way that that Mika goes. Like Igor is a constant, and he's always going to give us a chance to win the game. That's just a given, and there's no getting around that. But like the X factor for variable of what is actually going to make us win or not next game, next series, or beyond is what is Mika doing. I 100% believe that this team goes how Mika goes. No, yeah, 100%. If he's if he's if he goes invisible, he goes he goes cold. There's enough talent that now, like maybe he could go cold, and enough people could pick up the slack. But I just I think he's more of a leader uh, and an example, and the team follows suit. So if he's if he's hot, look out. If I told you Panarin didn't have a point tonight, would you be shocked? Did he not? No, sir. But I still like see like that's the thing after game one and game two. I like the way he's playing. It's just the points will come. Right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like his uh his his game in the last few games, but but tonight... Oh no, 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 I'm not I'm not talking about no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I didn't know whether he picked up a point or not. I thought he might have got a secondary assist on one of the goals, but I guess not. But um but no, that's fine. I mean, because he was he was making plays and he was and more importantly, he wasn't making bad plays. Um and he he looked like he had an extra jump tonight too. There was there was moments where I was like, there we go, and they didn't pay off, but that happens, you know. Um, no, it's also though that when everyone was talking about how games one and two, like comparing turnovers and all that, like look how little you know turnovers there were compared to the rest of the games and versus a fast team like New Jersey, you, you can't do that, especially against New Jersey. But for me, it wasn't just that. It was that when they did turn it over, everyone came back to back check. Every single person yep. had their sticks perfectly in the right position and were physical, came back. And in like the third period, like the game was kind of over at that point. But like when Jack Hughes really thought he might have a chance at a breakaway, literally three Rangers swarmed around him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yep. Yep. I know the play. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the stuff you have to do. Like, Go as a unit, not as just individual plays, which Valcat mentioned after game five. Yeah. That they they seem to be playing like all individual players, not as a team, and everyone has to buy in. And it's a bit trickier when you have so many stars that are so used to either being that guy or being, you know, the second person on that team. And how satisfying. I I know I'm a broken record when I keep on saying this. How satisfying is it to have a sniper like Tarasenko? Mm, like so you, you saw, you saw perfect shot. I mean, Zabanejad has an incredible shot, a more powerful shot. But a player like that, how many have we had like that? 
Not many. Yeah. So I tell you what, a lot of our good teams, you know, eight years ago and whatnot, they were there weren't a lot of superstars uh, you know, overall. It was it was more of a team effort sort of thing. They worked hard and played well together. But yeah, it's, it's been but a it while. Sh- it shows though team effort over skill. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. Skill is great. Obviously, I mean, you can't say skill doesn't matter. You can't have a team full of grinders. Obviously, but but the effort is paramount. Um, and it was there tonight, so super happy about that. I'm very excited. Glad I didn't have to go on a whole Gallant rant here. Uh, the one thing I'd like to say is I just I would I would really love it if we won this game, if only so I get to hear John Brancy sing again this year. I don't want to have to wait another whole year. Well, tell the people John. that also haven't heard Sam Rosen again. Well, sure, well, sure, but but we're not going to hear him again anyway, right? Like they don't. Want... Oh right, no, 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 break a game, a second round. The second round, they 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 stopped. That is such a crime. Together. That is that is honestly. Uh, it, it absolutely is. It is such a crime. It is such a crime. But I, I'm I'm used to that crime at this point. But but I need more Brancy in my life. I love that man. He sings the best anthem ever. And every time he comes out, I get so hyped. And the crowd was so hyped today. And and you could see it. You could uh, well, you didn't see it. I guess you relate to the game, so you didn't see it. But like when he sang tonight. That crowd was the most amped up for an anthem I've ever heard in my life. And like he got the biggest applause I think I've ever heard. Well, maybe yeah, I, I was five minutes the into the game. Time. I'm like, shoot, I'm going to miss up all that hype, all that excitement. Um, he, like he did a long, he's like, oh, I was like, damn, he's like going hard at it. Like he really, like, uh, I, I don't know. Like you can tell how much he enjoys it and then how much the crowd enjoys it too. Oh, it's just incredible. like such a great way to start the game. So please, win game seven so that way i can get at least a couple more games of brancy um i need him in my life well That's speaking last, uh last going back to before how you said you don't apparently i don't know why you don't but you don't look at hackerstat miners tweets anymore but anyway well, they're not said, getting served up to me it's the algorithm blame elon he he said um that all oh, the rangers are gonna win game six by like five goal by six goals and then like game seven is going to go into overtime scoreless and then like after this game i'm just looking at him like <laughs> that was that i don't i don't know how you would survive that i i don't i don't know how yeah, we we went pat we, like last year game seven overtime i i don't know how a human being can manage that much stress i i, I why did we pick sports we wanted this to what have fun? What the hell were we thinking? Oh no, that's uh, yeah, I, it, it's insane. In fact, I tell people sometimes, especially non-sports people, because they don't get it. Sports fans kind of innately get it, like big sports fans. But like some people that don't, you know, follow sports, and I try to explain watching playoff Rangers hockey is is not something that I enjoy doing. It's something I have to watch, and I must watch it, and like. It's exciting, but it's not enjoyable. It's pure stress. And the further it goes on, like first round is is like it's tolerable for me, you know. But like once you get into second round and then like the Eastern Conference Finals last year, I mean, I was a lunatic. It was not enjoyable. My heart rate, my resting heart rate was literally like at like 120 for most of the game. Like that's insane. That's that's like a brisk walking pace. Like I, I could not calm down. It didn't matter. Like I have to have a four or five goal lead before I can calm down. And that's the thing. Like when tonight were you, 
I don't know. For me tonight, it was different because once the Banajad finally scored, it was kind of different. Like it wasn't your average two to one lead, right? It was also so Banajad now scored. He broke the scoreless drought. Things are now getting going. Cause like for the team, when you see one of your big players finally pot that goal in, it like rejuvenates the team also. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, in a general Rangers game, if they're leading by two, I'm not, I'm not, my stress levels, levels have not gone down. No, a two goal lead is nothing in hockey and especially nothing. in playoff hockey. In your Even like three, like, I guess it depends when, but like when three early on is not enough. No, so I'm saying in the in this game, when were you? Uh, after the goal where VC took the shot, and then was it Goodrow or was it Mark? Yeah, Goodrow. Goodrow. But I didn't get out of the air. Like when he, they when he, that's when I finally was like, "All right, we got this." Uh, one one question before we go that I want to ask you because Luca is not here tonight. He's he's working. Um, what would what would Luca say tonight? And and do you have a Luca impression that you could do? Wasn't it you with the voice impressions? I do some. I haven't worked out Luca. Yeah, yet. I'm saying <laughs> wasn't it you with the voice impressions? I I do some, but but I I don't I don't do Luca yet. I I it's weird. I can't do like a New York accent. I can do a I can do a Boston one, okay, but I cannot do a New York accent. My New York accent ends up being like a Boston accent, and it just doesn't work. He has a very particular thing way of speaking i'm going to get it one time and i'm going to do it for him he's going he he'd say like i, I don't know we're, it's either like we're back baby or like we're not dead yet it's showtime so something along those lines something along those lines <laughs> i'm curious i miss him i, I want to know uh i want to know what he would uh what he would have said tonight but i guess we'll never know no, well, right. we'll, we'll find back. out after game seven. Yep. <laughs> it's either going to be. Which is, is that, is that Tuesday? Monday night. Monday night. Monday night. Monday night. Okay. When, when Ray was talking earlier, I thought he was saying, he said, oh, two days. Okay. Two days. Yeah. I thought he meant two days off. And I was like, it's usually every other days? day. It's usually every other day, but there's always that one exemption one... in the middle of the series where they, they, uh, which I hate. It, like I thought after game four i'm like all right I, I need it's a good thing i need two days just like just to relax just you know get away and then it's like the day after you're like nope let's go let's do this yep it's uh it, it's like the whole thing with sports fans right like that moment you're like i'm never rooting for this team again this team sucks that's it i'm done like that morning all right let's do this let's get going here uh, it made me honestly and i think i might fall asleep tonight watching have you ever seen the movie fever pitch Never seen Fever Pitch with uh, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, Boston Red Sox. I have not. It's really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cute movie. I know. Mean, I got, I got like two and a half hour drive tomorrow. So, okay. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's the, the premise of the movie is uh, Jimmy Fallon plays like the school teacher who ends up dating this like high powered executive woman played by Drew Barrymore, which is a little far fetched, I guess. But, um, and uh, they meet during the summer. Uh, uh, they meet during the winter or fall um, after baseball season. And so like, she doesn't know that he's a massive Red Sox fan and like goes to every single game and ends up becoming like a, a whole thing in their relationship and whatnot. But it takes place during the year where they broke the curse of the Bambino. So there's the, um, 
you're like, yeah, I'm looking at you. You're like baseball. I don't even who's Bambino. I, I, I have, see the Bambino. Do you know who the Bambino is, Berkey? The like the curse of the Bambino. How the Red Sox didn't. I, yeah, I do you know, know who? Do you know who the Bambino why, is? You're gonna call me out really on the pod, really? I, I want to know. You're gonna, you're, right you're, you're gonna really call me out on the pod here. We're recording now. Like I just want to wrap this up so I could just release this, and, and then like you're just gonna throw me under the bus. Just no, because I have one league. One team that destroys my heart and then after that puts it under a presser and then after that puts it in like the oven and then after that chops it up into little pieces. No, I am not going to care about any other league, any other team. No. Oh, I almost feel bad, but it's so funny. I'm glad I did it. It's it's, when we, when we tweet this out tomorrow, I'm definitely going to say you want to stick around to the last minute where Berkey reveals a a huge... (laughs) So yeah, the Bambino is that's it's Babe Ruth. Boston Red Sox traded. Oh Babe Ruth no! Oh no! I'm and gonna be. Since, oh no! And since then, oh, they have never won. On this. Oh yeah, shit, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bad one. That's what you should have had that one. Of course, I know Babe Ruth, I, but it's just like no, yeah. not not. I I know Bambino like because I don't know. Moneyball is kind of basically my source of knowledge on baseball. Okay. Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they do reference that at the end of the no, movie. No, they, they do. They, the curse of the band. Yeah, because he had the owner. What's his name? Says, yeah, that uh, I believe I believe uh, Sabermetrics holds the key to breaking the curse on Bambino. And you're like, Bambino? Oh, that's a funny name. <laughs> I thought it was just a reference to an episode or a person that happened back then. And ever since then, it just yeah, no, never happened. Yeah, no. It's, it's, uh, well, anyway, uh, wow! I, just last second, just like last second, just throw that out, out there. I, I did the listeners want to like strangle honestly, me right now. And... I wasn't trying to embarrass you or put you on the spot. Wow! It was like just I'm, no, no, I was no, like, no. You did, you did what you did. No, no. I was, no, I was just explaining a movie, and when I said that, your face went blank, and I was like, "Wait a second, does he not know what I'm talking about right now?" And that's why I had to ask. So I wasn't trying. It wasn't like I was trying to catch you. Mm-hmm. Not, not I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But That's it's I'm really gonna get like a thousand texts fan. tomorrow, just saying, yeah, we don't know each other anymore. That's it. No, nope, I don't know you anymore. Goodbye. It's okay. Well, you know, you got me early with the hockey set minor thing too, so I feel like it's kind of even. It's kind okay. of a tip for tip. Okay. But I didn't know that stat, and I was talking all about it. So, so all we right, each last, had... last thing before we wrap this up here, going okay. into Game Seven. What is your? How are you looking at this? What do you mean, like score prediction sort of thing, or what? Not necessarily. Like, what should their strat not strategy? How should the Rangers play? It's like, Devils coming out hot, obviously to start off with. They're probably a little shaken right now. Mm-hmm. They didn't really expect this, especially like when it, when you play a team three times. And yeah, the the first in game three was a coin flip, but after two games, where the other team just played so dead, and obviously they just pull that Uno reverse card on you you're a bit stunned schmidt is is kind of shaky although even though rough just claimed that he doesn't know his starter for game seven it's schmidt and if it's not i good i i I, it's good i'll take it either either way either way i honestly now that we got over this game i honestly feel like we're gonna win because because of that honestly because neither of their goalies are good enough and our team knows what it's going to take to win and this kind of whole year, I feel like when our when our backs are against the wall, we come out. 
Um, right, like they'll play lose. They they won't really show up. But then all of a sudden things get bad, really, really bad. And everyone's like, oh, okay, okay. Now now when we're they, now we're gonna start. Uh, yeah, when, when this team is when this team is clicking, ain't no one can hang with us. And yeah. and and the Devils, while they're a good team, they're still kind of a one trick pony. They're, they're that transition odd man rush sort of team. And if they don't have that, if they don't have that counterattack constantly, constantly going, um, and producing results, they can't hang. They really can't. Um, so if the Rangers come out and play their game, I, I'm not worried about it. And I, I kind of expect that to happen. So I will do a final score prediction. I think it's going to be four, two Rangers. Um, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I feel like, I don't know. Cause like Jersey is such a, again, it's, it's so weird how these teams like, this series is just a not normal series where a team goes up to nothing third game. Okay, fine. You give it to the other team. They played great. They finally won a game. And then like, it's weird how a team just completely falls asleep for two games. Like that, that just doesn't happen in the playoffs. It's one thing to do bad, but it's just like the effort isn't there. And then all of a sudden game six, they turn it on. So you're wondering with that and taking account with a team first experience playing playoff hockey. Now, obviously they're, they're a lot more adjusted uh, now than like game one and game two, but still like, well, you hope winner takes all. Yeah. And, and I think the hope is for the fans anyway, <clears throat> is that they use this as an object lesson that they go, okay, we know what we can't do and we know what we have to do now. <clears throat> That's my big hope that they do that. Um, Cause yeah, man, I got to tickle my throat now. Ah! No, you're good. I, I think like if the Rangers, because like, we, we've said a hundred times on this episode and I, I know it's getting a bit long here. We said, all right, let's, let's make this quick. Let's wrap this up here. Nope. That, that's not how we work here. No. Oh, um, sorry. Someone with my throat. Yeah. This is supposed to be a 20 minute around <laughs> 50 now. This was supposed 30. to be. I have to prep tomorrow because I'm going, I'm playing in the tournament. I have to drive two and a half hours. I'm like, all right, let's make this quick. Also, I also got to get some. And nope, it's what has been an hour. But anyway, if if you told me the Rangers are giving it their 100%, I'm not talking about skill. I'm just flat out that extra push, that extra effort. They're giving it their all. They have this. If they lose game seven, I'm convinced it's just because they didn't have that effort. Yeah, no, this team, this team cooking, this team playing, you know, with its full effort, I truly believe is untouchable. We can beat anyone. I'm not scared of Boston. I'm not scared of anyone in the West. This team is talented enough. We get the best goalie in the league. When we're actually giving it our full effort, I don't think anyone can actually hang with us. I really don't. Not for seven games. And Have I think we ever it was gonna be the first burst in a line to find out that you might be able to take three, but you're not you're not taking four off of Igor. It's not going to happen. Not if he gets any kind of support. Have we ever had a game where we gave it our all and lost? Like game three, we didn't play great. We played well defensively. Played great. We played well, but it wasn't the best. And it, it was also a coin flip game. But I'm saying, like, have we have we seen the Rangers ever go a hundred percent and lose? And if it is, it's like in overtime or a bad bounce or like that. No, honestly, I I can't I can't remember a time where I was like, man, they had a great effort. They just didn't have it. Not this team is just, it's 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 too it's too talented. It's too deep. It's too good. The only one 
that I was thinking, though, I, I could probably be remembering this game so off. And it's not even the team then. This is a totally different team now. Yeah. Is the first game versus Boston. If you remember, we lost three. Rangers lost three to two. I don't, I, although I don't know if they played their best, but they they did come How out. How do you remember that? I don't know. It's just <laughs> stuck there. Just these random things. Okay. I'm like, did we play Boston this year? I can't it, it, Okay, here, here's how you're going to remember it. It was the game where Fox just went, not coast to coast, you know, well, yeah, coast to coast, where he came from his own end, came in, took a wrist shot, sniped it. Mm, yeah, I do remember that goal, actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, and then it was like three to two now. Or maybe, no, no, I think then it was tied. Whatever the point is, that, that was like the one game where I'm like, man, we – we just like that was the only game where I'm like, man, we we just got beat by a better team. That's all. But it yeah, was. that was that was that that was a different team, a very right. Different and that's team. what I'm saying. Also, it's a totally different team now. We added Tarasenko, Mott, Patrick Kane, Mikola. It's a totally different team. Well, they also added Bertuzzi and all that, and Hathaway. You know, it's totally different teams now. But that's like just the one game where I'm like, man, they they just got beat by a better team. I really didn't have that a lot. It was more of did they bring the effort? Did they not bring the effort? That was it. And that, yeah. I think that's basically what you got to chalk it up to in game seven here. If it's 100% effort, they're winning. Zero, nothing. That's it. Yep. Yep. That's what it's going to be. All right. So after a scheduled mini episode, that <laughs> being a more than an hour here, we're going to wrap this up here. We're going to have an episode come out after game seven. Um, yeah. All right. So thanks to the listeners. And uh, yeah. Good and luck. if you want, we're going to start a, uh, a GoFundMe to buy Berkey a baseball. Oh, gosh.